read 48 Bible verses to you today on Easter. And, uh, but since you chose Freedom Bible Church for Easter, I'm going to make sure you beat those Baptists to the restaurant, okay? <laughs> um, so let's start out. I heard a story. We're going to talk about resurrection power today. I heard a story about a husband and his nagging wife that took a trip to the Holy Land over there in Israel, and they were touring Jerusalem, and the wife started nagging at her husband and nagged herself to death. She dropped over and died. So the man had to make funeral arrangements, knowing it was going to cost him a lot of money, fly her back to the States. So he met with the funeral guy, and the funeral guy said, I'm so sorry, but to fly her there, casket and everything we got to do, it's going to be like $40,000. And he said, but listen, I got a deal that, that if we bury her right away, she can be buried in Jerusalem for $500. And the man said, I want to ship her body to the States. And the undertaker was like, I don't understand. How special would it be to be be buried in the Holy Land. And the guy said, well, listen, I heard a couple thousand years ago they buried a guy here and he came back to life, and I can't have that happen. <laughs> so today, today, we're going to be talking about believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. In our world, you've probably heard the phrase, Seeing is believing. People say, I'm not going to believe until I see. It doesn't work that way with God. Um, I had a guy say to me one time, I'm not going to believe. I won't believe unless God appears to me, right? But what he doesn't realize is if God appeared to him, he'd be disintegrated, and that would be hard to believe. So, so you, you need to believe and then you'll see. In God's world, believe, like I said, believing is seeing. Unbelief, unbelief in the Bible is called spiritual blindness. Okay, that's why in the famous song, Amazing Grace, John Newton says, I was blind, but now I see. Uh, and when? When did he see? He says in the song, the hour I first believed. When he believed, he could see. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now that's, the Sermon on the Mount is talking about what the kingdom of God looks like, what God's kingdom, his people look like on earth. So, so yeah, of course, We'll see God in heaven if, we, if our hearts are pure. And the only way your heart can be pure, you can't do it on your own. God has to make it pure. He did that by dying for your sins and rising from the grave. And then he puts his spirit in you that gives you a pure heart. And then you can see. And the point is, it doesn't mean you're going to see God physically on this, in, on this, in this life. But it means you're going to see him spiritually. He's going to be real to you. He's going to be powerful to you. But you're never going to see that until you believe. So what I want to do 
If you're here today and you're struggling to believe, I want to help you believe. And the Bible says, faith comes from hearing. Hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of Christ. And what that means is, the Bible can actually give you belief that you never had before. Somebody's heart stops and physical heart stops, they give them that code blue. They shock that heart back to life. God spiritually, through his word, through his spirit, can shock your dead heart and make, and make you a believer. And then you will see. So we're gonna look at a resurrection story today. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead in John 11. I'm just gonna read the story. We'll go through it. Give a little commentary on it, and then let God work on your heart, okay? So it starts out, verses 1 through 3, we get the introduction of the story. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now this is important. I think the Holy Spirit is doing something here. Most of the time in the Gospels, you read about the things Jesus does. He, he deals with the blind man. He deals with the lame man. He deals with the woman at the well, the man with leprosy. But here we've got names personal names. And so the point is, Jesus knew these people and they were special to him. They were, Jesus would often stay at their house. They, they helped Jesus with his ministry. Mary was the one, yeah, she, she poured a whole year's wages on Jesus, the top of Jesus' head and wiped, wiped his feet with her hair as an act of worship. So these people love Jesus. And Lazarus, we don't know too much about that, but the sisters say, hey, the one you love. They don't even say, hey, Lazarus is sick. They say, the one you love, knowing that Jesus would know. You've got to be talking about Lazarus because Jesus really loves him. So, so right there tells us that suffering, <clears throat> sickness, Death happens to people who are special to God. That's important to know that. Very important to know that. Verse, 11, verse 4, John 11. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus is saying, this sickness, this is for God's glory. And it's not going to end bad. It's going to seem bad, but it's going to have a good ending because I got purpose. And the idea is he's trying to teach him, if you believe, you will see. What does it mean that God be glorified, Jesus be glorified? We sing about that. It just means that we see God, we glorify him because then we see his goodness. We see his greatness. We see his grace. We see his power. And so 
God is glorious, and we bring glory to Him. And you know the good news about bringing glory to God? Romans 8 talks about how we will be glorified with Him. We will become like Him. We will, we will, excuse me, we're going to drink. If you're visiting, that's not vodka. Um, so, so we want to see God's glory. And l- listen, this is why sometimes God, and maybe some of you have experienced it, God has allowed sickness in your life. He's allowed death in your life. He's allowed all kinds of things in your life, bad things, sufferings. And you kind of think, man, what have I done wrong? Oh, no. God uses that in your life so you will need him, so you will come to him and you will see his glory and you will see how good he is. And then, and then he's going to take you to heaven with him. People that don't have problems, they don't need God. People who think they're fine, they, they don't need God. They, what we always say, it's the guy that hits rock bottom that's got to look up. Man, if I, I hit a little rock bottom and thank God it made me look up. And so Jesus said, There's a purpose for this sickness, and God's going to be glorified. Verses 5 and 6 say this, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now that don't make sense. Uh, Jesus Jesus loves these sisters, who have sent word to Jesus, and when you send word to Jesus, you know what that is? That's a prayer. They're praying. They're asking Jesus, we need your help. My brother is sick. But yet Jesus, when he hears it, doesn't lift a finger. He doesn't go. He stays on purpose where he is two days longer, so Lazarus dies. Wow. And you see, that teaches us something too. Sometimes we pray and we're like, wow, is God ignoring me? I've been praying. Well, sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is wait. And because God has a bigger purpose. God's more worried about eternity than he is, our, than he is you know, our hundred years we think we're going to live here. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, that's what God's worried about. But he's got to get you there. And so sometimes he's got to allow these things, and he uses them, of course, with his spirit to draw you to him. Verse 7. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, The Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Referring to the Jewish leaders that wanted Jesus dead. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not on him. Simple little parable there. Basically, the parable is if you... If you travel in the day, it's going to be safer. If you travel at the night, it's going to be dangerous, right? But it's a spiritual meaning. 
And what he's trying to say, okay, so you walk in the sun, you're safer out in the sunlight, but you're with the one that created the sun. You're with the son of God. So you don't have to be afraid, guys. That's what he's saying. And I also think he's, he's referring to that he's on a divine schedule. He always has done that. That no, he says, no one takes my life. I lay it down. And so he knows he's not dying till Passover. The following, it's a week and a half later. He's got to be the Passover lamb. And I'll just throw this in. If, if Jesus would have died any other way but the cross, any other way, I mean, they wanted to stone him to death. Uh, in Nazareth, people tried to throw him off a cliff. I mean, I'm sure there were other things not even written that they, they wanted him dead. They were plotting him to kill him. If Jesus died any other way other than the cross, we could throw our Bibles in the trash can and go to the beach every Sunday. Because Psalm 22 clearly prophesied that Jesus would be crucified, and that was over a thousand years before the cross, and it was before crucifixion was ever invented. Isaiah 2, 700 years before the crucifixion, said he would be pierced for our iniquities before there was crucifixion. How can that be? Uh, it's a God-inspired book. The Bible is truth, and you can trust it. So Jesus is on a divine schedule. He's telling them you don't have to be afraid. He's got this under control, and he's about to show them his power. Verse 11, after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I, am, but I go to awaken him. Okay? In the Bible, death is referred to sleep. Why is that? Because there's going to be a resurrection. John 5 says that Jesus is going to say the word, and every person that has ever lived in human history is going to be resurrected out of their grave. But it says some are going to be raised to eternal death and some are going to be raised to life. Those who trust in Christ will have a resurrected body and go on being in a new heaven and a new earth. So this is just, you know, powerful stuff. Um, verse 12, the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, these boneheads, they're giving Jesus advice. Lord, let him sleep. If that's all it is, I mean, you know, they're boneheads, but, but aren't we just like them? Don't we give God advice in our prayers? Maybe you should do this, God, do it this way. It's just so silly how we are. Verse 13, now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. That kind of cracks me up. You know, Thomas, Thomas gets a bad rap because he doubts the resurrection, but here we see how Thomas feels about Jesus. He, he's going to die. Let's go die with him, Right? Thomas did die for his faith. 
But I also think it's funny that Jesus says, Lazarus died and I'm glad. And I'm sure these disciples are thinking, you're one of your best friends who supported your ministries died and you're glad? What in the world? What, what is this all about? And Jesus was glad because he had purpose in it. He knew what this was going to do for their faith and for the others around it. Verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. I'm going to stop right there for a second. I think the reason why the Holy Spirit put this and why God allowed the four days is because there was a superstition back then that when a person died, their spirit kind of hovered over their body so there might be a chance that they could come back to life. If you remember, Jesus raised a little girl from the dead, Tabitha, and another, uh, another child with the widow from Nain, and they, they died pretty, they, they were only dead for a little while. So some people could be saying, ah, those days just didn't raise the dead. They were just sleeping. <laughs> so Jesus makes sure that, yeah, I want you to know, it's, it's now past the three days. His spirit's gone. His body is decaying to make it clear that this is no trick. He's, he's clearly dead. Verse 18, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. They must have been popular. It seems like a lot of people came. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Now we know Martha is known for her bold personality. She's kind of the go-getter in the family. Uh, she goes, she's so bold, she goes to Jesus one time and complains because Mary's not doing the housework, right? So she's tough. Mary's kind of the soft one. She's crying. She's just staying home crying. Martha's going, I'm going to go talk to Jesus. And I have a feeling when Martha was coming, the disciples were like, oh boy, we're in trouble. Here comes Martha. She's coming to talk to us. And the Wizard of Oz music's going on. Dun, 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 dun. Here she comes. <laughs> and listen to what she says, verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Wow. Lord, where were you when I needed you? Have you ever felt that way? course we all have we pray we misunderstand we don't know what God is up to we don't know why we're going through what we're going through and we pray and it seems like God doesn't answer but watch your heart verse 22 says but even now I know that whatever you ask from God God will give you so she believes in Jesus this is a good woman uh, yeah she had a strong personality uh, yeah, she was busy around the house, but she knew her scripture and she loved God, okay? We need women like that. I got one of those at home, okay? We need that. So, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. 
And he's talking about today, of course, in the story. But Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That's what I mean. She knows her scripture. You know they believed in resurrection in the Old Testament? Job said, in my flesh I will see God. Resurrection. Martha knew this scripture, Daniel 12, 2. It says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. That's referring to John 5, when all will be resurrected. People worry about, well, what if you're cremated? Well, he says, those who sleep in the dust, God knows where every molecule is. Every part, Revelations 20 says the sea will give up the dead that is in them. People that died at sea, what about them? Fish ate them. God knows where every molecule is. God says the word and everyone will be raised out of their grave, some to life, some to death. My job is to make sure you get the life and you believe in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus says this to her, and these are some of the greatest verses ever. Our, the band didn't know I'm preaching on this, and, and Brittany was reading these verses, but we can read them again because they're awesome. Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And again, that she's, a, she's got a beautiful heart. She's a believer. She believes in Jesus, but you know what? She still doesn't believe he can raise the dead. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Not, I can do resurrections. I am the resurrection. If you're with me, you're going to live. And you will never die. You say, well, wait a minute. I know Christians dying all the time. They don't die. They just relocate. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then one day, they'll get a new body. But we need to believe in who he is. And if we believe, we will see. We will see him work in our life. And we will see him one day and serve him and worship him for all of eternity in a new heaven and a new earth that he'll be able to create like nothing. People have a hard time believing miracles. You, you believe Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you can believe it all. Because that's, that's just awesome. It's powerful. And, and that creation does speak to that. So, so if you believe, you look up at the stars and go, thank you, God. If you don't believe, you look up and go, wow, how did nothing explode, right? And this is what people do. And, but see, you don't, you're not going to believe. You're, you're not going to see until you believe. You'll just try to explain it away. So Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and we need to believe it. Verse 28 says, when he had said this, she went out and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here 
and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. I like that. Jesus called her, and she got up and went quickly. When you really feel like God's talking to you in church, do you come to him quickly? You feel like he's talking to you, you need to make some changes, do you change quickly? Do you seek him? Mary, Mary loved Jesus. She loved his teaching. More than that, she, she obeyed him. Verse 29. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but he was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, Mary saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. God's just orchestrating this, getting all the people to go to the tomb, see what Jesus is going to do. Verse 32, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, here it comes again, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. As much as Mary loved Jesus, she still felt like Jesus let her down. That's sad. And I know there's times I have felt that way with God. Maybe you have felt that way. But we gotta understand again, we gotta believe, and then we'll see that God has purpose in all these things. That God loves us more than we love him. And so let's watch verse 33. We're getting to the good stuff now. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. Now, and he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. And so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So this is, you know, first Jesus says he's glad Lazarus died because he knows he's going to be glorified. He knows people are going to believe through what he's going to do. But here we see he's overwhelmed with compassion. And he's overwhelmed with sorrow and sadness. And this really stands out to me. It shows, shows us the character of God. You know, why wouldn't Jesus just say, hey, stop your crying, cheer up. I'm about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He doesn't say that. He cries with them. He's deeply moved. He loves Mary. I think, I think why did Jesus weep? Well, they think he's weeping because he loved Lazarus. And he did. But he was really weeping because he saw what sin does to people. He saw the pain of death. He saw these people and they were so lost and so confused. And it just overwhelmed him with compassion on them. And this is so important. We need to know that God is not some cosmic force in the sky that has no feelings. God is a person. God feels pain in his heart. And when God came, he had tear ducts and he shed tears. And the point is, what I'm trying to say is, Jesus hurts when you hurt. 
And so when you were crying over the loved one you lost, Jesus was hurting with you. And if you're battling sickness and pain, Jesus is right there with you, and he feels it. And he cares about you. And he's not gonna let you down. You just have to trust him. I feel so bad for Jesus here because they're all, you know, whispering. You know, couldn't, if Jesus could open the eyes of the blind, why couldn't he have been here and help his good friend Lazarus, right? And it's like they just don't trust him. I mean, after all that Jesus has done, after all his miracles, after all, all that he's done for these people, they're still like, you know, questioning him. That's sad, isn't it? And isn't it sad when we do it? Time and time again, God has just proved himself to me in the midst of hard times. God is always so good. And let's, let's look at uh, verse 38. It says, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it, much like Jesus' tomb would be in a week and a half. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So Jesus is deeply moved. Actually, it's a different Greek word than, than earlier when he cried. This is, it says, the Greek word is actually a word they use for a horse that's snorting. So he must have got visibly shaken. He must have, you know, sometimes you cry and you, you just burst out and make like a noise. And it seems that that's what happened. It just, he's just very emotional now. And he tells them to take away the stone. And I, I like that. I think that speaks something there. Jesus lets men be involved in his ministry. Only Jesus can raise the dead, but he lets men move, remove the stone. Um, I can't raise anybody from the dead. I can't raise somebody that doesn't believe. I can't make you believe. Only God can do that. But God can use me to preach the sermon. God can use all of us as a church to serve God and love God. And through it all, we, we do our part, but God is the one changing the lives and changing the hearts of people. So... And Martha, again, obviously she believes in Jesus, but she just doesn't believe. And so I guess she's just thinking, she, let's not desecrate the grave, Jesus. There's going to be a bad odor. And I've heard about the smell of death. And I've never, you know, in our sophisticated society, we got, we got morgues, you put people on ice, embalming and all that stuff. So we don't see it like these ancient people. Police officers... And CSI guys, things like that, they go and find somebody that's been dead for a while. They know the stench of it. it. It is a very foul odor. The King James Bible says, he stinketh. <laughs> well, and that's why I don't use that. And that's why I don't use that trans translation. But I will tell you right now, there's truth to it. Death stinks. It really does. Literally, the body does. But I'm a pastor and I'm around it all. 
I'm, I'm, a lot. It stinks. And it hurts. And Jesus, and that's why he's upset about it. But the good news is, he came to conquer death. He came to conquer these things. And I don't know what happened to the screen right there. So, anyway, we are, and, and Jesus' statement said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? See, there, there it is. If you believe, you will see. Do you believe? Verse 41. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. There's the purpose in this. I'm going to help people believe. And I love how Jesus is making it clear to everybody, again, it's not a magic trip. I'm calling on my Father from heaven. God the Son is going to say the word. And you say, well, where's the Holy Spirit? What, what do you think the power was that made Lazarus come out of the tomb? The Spirit. So the whole triune Godhead at work here. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. In the Greek, he screamed it. Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Now, it's just so nonchalant. The dead man came out, take off his clothes and let him go. No, no music. You know, why didn't Jesus have a bunch of angels like he, when he was born come sing Amazing Grace? I mean, he, he could have put on a spectacular show, right? He, he could have threw, he could have threw that, that tombstone to the sun and put a smiley face on the sun. He has that kind of power. But this isn't about spectacular power because people don't believe God. They didn't believe in Jesus, all the miracles he did. The only way they believed is when God changed their heart. And you can't change your heart. You gotta ask God to change it because you can't do it on your own. Again, Lazarus, seriously, Lazarus would have looked like what you and I think is a mummy. He was literally, he was dressed like a mummy. Strips of linen all around his legs, his body, his arms, his face. So here comes mummy Lazarus out of the tomb. And, you know, if I was there and someone says, hey, there's Lazarus, let's go shake his hand. I'm not shaking his hand, you go shake his hand. I mean, it's scary, it's powerful, right? But of course, of course, they obeyed Jesus. You know the family members ran right to him. And how powerful is this? You realize being dead four days, Jesus would have had to give him maybe a new heart, new blood, new skin, new vessels in his eyes, new muscles. When they took those grave clothes off, Lazarus looked like he'd been working out, let me tell you. Because Jesus, he was like new. And that's the kind of power Jesus has. And that's the kind of power 
that he wants to display in your heart. But you got to believe to see. I like the way he says, take the clothes off, let them go. You know, that's what the church does. See, again, Jesus, Jesus can raise your heart, your dead heart. But then what does the church do? The church helps you take off the grave clothes. All that stuff, all that baggage you carry in the world, all the issues you got. You come to church and we help you get rid of the old you and your old clothes and you put on new spiritual clothes and you live for Jesus Christ. That's why the church of God is so important. So important. So this is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. We'll end with this. The final verses, verses 45 and 46. Here we're going to see some good news and bad news. First, the good news. Verse 45 says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what he did, believed in him. Jesus knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He said, this sickness will not end in death. It'll be, it'll be for the glory of God. People will see my glory. And the people there heard the words of Jesus. Maybe they saw his tears and his compassion. And then they saw his power. And they believed. And so Jesus, Jesus knows what he's doing. And Jesus allows things. This story's in the Bible to show us that Jesus allows things in our life. Why? So people will believe when they see our faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. But watch this. Here's the bad news. Verse 46. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. The Pharisees. If you're new, the, the Pharisees hated Jesus. So obviously, some of the Jewish people hated Jesus too. And it's amazing to me. You just saw a resurrection. And you're going to go tattletale to the Pharisees? I mean, what's wrong with that? Because they didn't believe, so they couldn't see. And it just made them bitter toward God. And that's why, so, that's why people hate Christians. And that's why people get so bitter toward the things of God, because unbelief will make you bitter. But believing in Jesus Christ will make you better. More than you know. So I just want to say this in closing today. May God give you faith through the reading of his scripture and the power of his spirit that's in here today. And I want to plead with you as, as your pastor and say this. If you've lost somebody you loved and you're hurting, believe, believe, you will see, you will see. If you're battling sickness right now, maybe a serious one, Believe, and you will see. If you've got, I don't know what, what your trouble is, what, what is, what has plagued you. If you believe, you will see. And I'm, I'm, I believe there are many times in this life that by believing, we see, and God does a mighty, incredible work through all of our suffering. Sometimes we might not totally see fully until we're with Jesus on the other side. But I promise you, if you believe, you will see.
but you got to believe. Would you bow and pray with me this morning? I pray if you're here, if you're struggling to believe, that you would call out to the Lord. I don't know, you might have come to an Easter service because it's just it's a religious service, so you thought, yeah, I'll check it out, I'm curious, or but, you, but you're now you're like, man, these these people take this serious. Yes, we do. And it is serious, and it's a matter of eternal life or eternal death. If you're struggling to believe, there's a story, and I use it a lot. It was a man came to Jesus, his son was battling demons, and he says to Jesus, if you can, you can make my son well. And Jesus says, if I can. And I love what the man said. He said, I do believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus helped him. Jesus got rid of those demons. And whatever demons are plaguing you, whether they're figurative or they're literal, you could be battling them. You need to call out to Jesus. And if you're struggling to believe, just say right now, Jesus, help my unbelief. And the Bible says in Romans that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's talking about Jesus Christ. And if you, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead on that first Easter, you will be saved. You will be saved. Heavenly Father, thank you God, for Easter and the meaning, thank you for the resurrection power. Thank you, God, you give us hope when we lose family members, Lord, when we face death. I pray, God, for anybody that's hurting in here today, they heard, God, that you have purpose for their suffering and that, God, you hurt with them and you care about them and you will help them. Help them to know, Father, if they believe, they will see. So, Lord, I pray you'd touch each person, whatever each person needs, and draw them to you. With your resurrection power, resurrect their heart. Make it feel alive again. Fill them with your spirit. We thank you for all these things, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.